Welcome everyone to lesson six of For Our Day. Today we are going to be diving into 2 Nephi chapters one through two. Now before we get started, there is a slight adjustment that we're doing for this podcast for the next little while. If you're watching on YouTube, you're going to notice that while we still have all of the video editing and clips and slides, we are not in our video studio. And that is due to the fact that our family has gone through a little bit of an adjustment lately. It's been a really good adjustment, but um, our brother Isaiah recently entered the MTC on a mission and we are so excited for him. But he was an integral part of our team. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Joseph Smith Foundation was originally started by James Stoddard, and um, it is continued today after his passing, um, primarily by uh, his children, um, myself, my siblings, as well as so many amazing volunteers and friends who just dedicate hours as, as a labor of love to share all of this research and material with you. Um, but with Isaiah leaving and a few other adjustments with our family, we are going to be in the audio studio for a few weeks here. Um, so if you're listening on Spotify or another one of those audio platforms, nothing has changed for you. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you just won't see my face and that's okay. Um, but we still have some amazing material coming up for you over the next several Come Follow Me lessons. So stay tuned. Um, it's going to be an exciting ride. So starting here with lesson six, and we're covering the chapters of 2 Nephi 1 through 2. Speaking of transitions, uh, Nephi and his family are going through their own transition here as Lehi is preparing to pass away. And 2 Nephi 1 through 2 is really beautiful because it is Lehi's last counsel to his sons. And I want you to think about that. If you were getting ready to pass away, what would you tell your children? What would you want them to know? I think it's really interesting to study 2 Nephi 1 through 2 from that perspective. What does Lehi focus on and what does he minimize, like not treat as so important? And as you're thinking about that, I want to tell you about a book that you may have heard of, but actually has some parallels with what we're about to talk about with Lehi. The title of this book was Pilgrim's Progress, and it was written in 1678. Um, it was written by a man named John Bunyan, who was a Puritan. And as you know, as we've been going through this four-day course, we've been discovering a lot of parallels and similarities between Lehi and his family and the early colonists of America, the righteous early colonists of America, especially the Puritans and the Pilgrims. Well, John Bunyan was one of those, uh, but he was a Puritan who remained in England. And during the first part of his life, he lived uh, when the government of England was allowing some religious freedom. But then there was a king, King Charles II. He took over the throne and he began persecuting the Puritans. Anyone who would not conform, he started throwing in prison. Um, up in Scotland, you have the Scottish Covenanters, who we'll talk about at some point in the future in this course, but they were heavily and bitterly persecuted. So many of them were killed, sold into slavery. It was a bitter time. They called it the killing times. Um, down in England, the Puritans were not having the best time as well. And John Bunyan was one of these. But John Bunyan, he would not stop preaching. He would not give in to all of the restrictions that were being put on the church. And so he was actually put in prison for 12 years. 
Uh, he was released, and then there was another time he was thrown back in prison, and during that time, he wrote this allegory called The Pilgrim's Progress. And if you haven't read or heard of this book, it's essentially the story of a man whose name is Pilgrim, Christian Pilgrim, and he lives in this city. His hometown is called the City of Destruction, and he is just weighed down with this heavy, heavy burden on his back that represents all of his sin, the baggage of his culture, um, just bondage. And he finds this book. He finds that if he flees the city of destruction, there is this city called the Celestial City where he will be able to rid this burden. He's going to be able to have perfect peace, perfect joy. And so he reads about this beautiful city in this book. It's, of course, representative of the Bible. And he he leaves the city and he goes on all of these perilous adventures and these trials and these tests of faith on this way to find this better land. Well, when this book came out, it was very popular among the Puritans and it took off like wildfire. There is a 3D movie version of Pilgrim's Progress, which I absolutely love. And we're going to include it in this lesson. So if you go to the Joseph Smith Foundation resources under lesson six, it's embedded. You can actually watch it completely free. And I really recommend doing it um, because it's a powerful allegory actually of the story of salvation, redemption, the gospel. expect to continue without hardships. Think about it. Even if you reach your destination, what will become of those you love? Perhaps you'll save yourself. But what of them? Now, why am I bringing this up? And what in the world does this have to do with Lehi? Well, as we think about how the Puritans and the Pilgrims really were driven by similar motivations, similar desires, a similar um, background as Lehi and his family, it's actually interesting to look at Pilgrim's Progress, which was written by a Puritan, and recognize some very interesting parallels with Lehi. So Pilgrim's Progress opens with a vision. Lehi's journey also began with a vision. What happened in this vision? This is, if we go all the way back to 1 Nephi, um, Lehi has this vision where he sees the wickedness and the destruction of the city Jerusalem, right? Similar to in Pilgrim's Progress, where Christian realizes, I am in a city that is doomed to destruction. I have to get out. Lehi really has the same epiphany. He has a vision. He sees, oh my goodness, the people around me are in apostasy. We are going to be destroyed. I need to get my family and myself out. In Pilgrim's Progress, Christian goes to his wife and his children, and he tries to tell, this is what I'm discovering in this book, and and we have to get out. And his wife and kids think he is crazy. He's lost his mind. They're they're looking at him like, what are you talking about? Everything's fine. Um, when you look at Lehi's story, you have he had Nephi and Sam who listened to him, but then he had Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael who said, Dad, you're a visionary. You're crazy. You're judging people. Jerusalem is fine. Why do we need to leave our homeland? It's, it's a similar, just similar struggle there with family. Um, in Pilgrim's Progress, Christian 
He finds a book, this book that promises him a better life, reveals to him how to get that better life. Lehi, when he has his vision, he also is given a book and reading this book helps reveal to him the destruction that his homeland is headed for, but the way to a better life. And as you go through the Book of Mormon and Pilgrim's Progress, there is the same message and story of you need to become new. You need to have a change of heart. Um, New garments are given and there's opposition and war and sacrifice and suffering. And it's all with this goal of attaining this better land, this heavenly city. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm trying to demonstrate that Lehi and his family were driven by a similar a worldview and frame of reference as the Pilgrims and the Puritans. It's so similar, actually. If you go watch Pilgrim's Progress, there are so many similarities um, that you could say, some someone could look at it and say, did Joseph Smith borrow some things from John Bunyan to insert into this, you know, story of Lehi if Joseph Smith wrote it? But instead, we can ask ourselves, okay, why were the Pilgrims and the Puritans having similar experiences and going on a similar journey to uh, Lehi and his family because that's the reason why Pilgrim's Progress was so popular and it resonated so deeply is because there were so many of these early forefathers really of all of us um, who were going on this journey and they said yeah this is what I feel like this is what I'm experiencing and, and that's why it resonated. So now when we come to 2 Nephi chapters 1 through 2 Lehi is nearing the end of this journey. He he has successfully left the city of destruction. He's found the celestial city. He has overcome the world. He says in 2 Nephi uh, chapter 1, verse 15, he says, Behold, the Lord hath redeemed my soul from hell. I have beheld his glory, and I am encircled about eternally in the arms of his love. What is Lehi saying here? This, this is a huge clue in that Lehi not only had spiritual experiences and he not only was able to repent and overcome the world, but he actually achieved um, his calling and election. And if you don't know a lot about that teaching, you can um, study what Joseph Smith taught. But essentially, Lehi was redeemed. He overcame the world in this life. And now his greatest desire is that his children will be able to take the same journey that he has taken. And while we all know that Laman and Lemuel definitely struggled and rejected Lehi's message, Lehi was successful in transferring the covenant and the gospel to his sons, to the majority of his family, his daughters, Nephi, Sam, Jacob, Joseph, the majority, all of them, um, the majority of his family were converted. They carried the legacy on. Now, if you go to the early founding of this nation, you see that the pilgrims and the Puritans and the Scottish Covenanters, you see a pattern of strong families, actually. If you look at the reformers, you see so many fathers and mothers who were able to successfully pass on the legacy. And I want to ask a question. How? How did Lehi succeed? How did these early founding fathers succeed? How did they do that? What did they know that we are not doing today because while there are so many of us who are good-hearted and we are doing the best that we can, we live in an age when there are so many families who are struggling and there are so many parents who are frustrated 
rightfully so, and they're feeling like, I am trying to teach my children the gospel. I'm trying to pass on the faith, and my kids are rejecting, rebelling. Why? Um, How do we pass on the legacy? By studying the parallels in the Book of Mormon, I can promise you that we are going to discover answers to that question. And as you are studying 2 Nephi chapters 1 through 2, I want you to think about what does Lehi say? Don't generalize it. Be specific. What does Lehi tell his sons? This is what a father who knows God and has come into God's presence, this is what that father talks like. This is what he talks about. And this is what he teaches his children. And as you're listening to this podcast, the purpose of this four-day podcast is not to replace the scriptures. And that's one of the reasons that we are not doing this podcast as a scripture commentary. We're not going through everything because we're not here to replace the scriptures. We are not here for you to just, oh, plug in this podcast instead of reading the lesson chapters. The goal of this podcast is more to point you to dive in deeper into the scriptures. And so with that spirit, I want to promise you that the answers are in the Book of Mormon. And the answers specifically in 2 Nephi 1 through 2 are how does a father or a mother effectively pass on and inspire their children to carry on the covenant. And one of the aspects that we see in 2 Nephi 1 through 2 that I want to focus on is the pattern in scripture of fathers teaching their sons. Now, if you listened to the Simplifying Isaiah series in lesson five, you know that we went into detail about talking about the patriarchal fathers and covenants and how the message of the gospel is really a message of fathers being given a mission to bring their children into the presence of God. This is what the patriarchs did. This is what Lehi did. It was Nephi listening to his father that actually allowed Nephi to come into God's presence. It was not just Nephi getting to Jesus Christ on his own. It was him listening to his father that brought him to God. It's the same with Jacob. Later, you will see this with Enos. Enos listening to his father, Alma the Younger, Alma the Elder. It's a father to son pattern in the Book of Mormon. And this is completely lost today. So I just want to encourage you to use 2 Nephi chapters 1 through 2 as your lesson plan. Study it carefully and realize that that specific doctrine, what Lehi tells his sons, is what you have to teach and pass to your children. President Benson emphasized this in one of his talks titled Worthy Fathers, Worthy Sons. It's an amazing talk. But he says, quote, Why did righteous fathers in the Book of Mormon go to so much trouble to teach their sons the word of God? King Benjamin said it was to fulfill the commandments of God. And he further stated that were it not for their having the brass plates, which contained the commandments, they would have suffered in ignorance. Could the lack of teaching the scriptures in our homes be a source of suffering in ignorance today? End quote. So these are the words of an inspired prophet telling us we need to look at the fathers in the Book of Mormon and look at what they did. And that this may be a source of our suffering is not following this example that there are so many of us that are suffering, our homes are struggling, our teenagers are rebelling, our children are leaving the faith or just struggling to understand the faith. And this is President Benson saying, here is one area where we need to do better. 
he continues, quote, At what age do we begin teaching our sons these gospel truths? Alma taught his son Helaman while he was in his youth. Our youth ought not to wait until the mission field to get a grasp of the scriptures and a closeness to the Lord. Lehi said that his son Jacob beheld the glory of the Lord in his youth. That's in 2 Nephi chapter 2. Jacob is a young boy and already as Lehi is passing away, he has the satisfaction of knowing that Jacob has actually seen Jesus Christ. And instead of just saying, oh, good for Lehi, good for Jacob, that's so cool, never be like him, we need to ask ourselves and say, wait a minute, if he did it, we can do it. What did Lehi do? What did Jacob do? And God is not a respecter of persons. If I follow their example and if I do what they did, I will have the same results. And President Benson says, imagine what would happen to missionary work if we sent out that kind of young men. Can you imagine? The world would be revolutionized. Um, President Benson finally says, he says, in summary, the Book of Mormon, which is the most correct book on earth, demonstrates that the major responsibility for teaching our sons the great plan of the Eternal Father, the fall, rebirth, atonement, resurrection, judgment, eternal life, rests with fathers. It should be done individually as well as in the family. It should be preached and discussed so our children will know the commandments. It should be done from their youth up and often, end quote. I just want to bear my testimony that I know that President Benson is inspired in this council. And the reason why I'm hitting this so thoroughly in this section on 2 Nephi 1 through 2 is to say, you know, as I, as I was preparing this lesson, I rewrote it multiple times, <laughs> actually. I... I wanted to go into so many details. You know, Lehi tells his son Jacob so many amazing doctrines about the fall and the atonement. And I wanted to go into that. But as I was preparing for this lesson, I kept feeling like, no, nope, that's not the right direction. And as I pondered what was the right direction, the thought kept coming to my mind. The purpose of this podcast is not to replace the scriptures. I am not here to replace Lehi and Jacob and Nephi to, to teach that doctrine to you. They had the answers. They're the ones to look to as the example. But rather, the purpose of this podcast is to give you a testimony that I know for myself that those men were inspired, that they have the answers, and to encourage you to dive into them deeply, that the answers are there. So with that spirit, um, let's just talk about two things that Lehi does emphasize to his sons that I think sometimes are missed today. Um, just speaking myself as a millennial, um, just from a millennial's perspective, um, two aspects that I believe are very critical that were very influential in my life that Lehi emphasizes to his sons. 